I think if you learn from the past, there's a good chance the future will be different. It's just so great to see such a passionate fan base here in Vancouver. They've been waiting a long time for this. Your support is what's going to make winning a Stanley Cup in this city so special. And I got a feeling it's going to happen very soon. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 9 of Cast. Today we can be talking about the Stanley Cup Finals and what news we've been hearing from, from the Canucks rumor mill, all that and more on this episode of Cast. So Trevor, the rumors going on that Jim Benning has been shopping Eddie Lack for a second round pick. Do you think that would be a good trade for the Canucks? I think it will be considering he's going to be a UFA after this next season. He's going to command somewhere around four to five million, and I think at this point the Canucks just simply can't afford that. And you got to get some kind of compensation for it, whether that's a second-round pick. I thought maybe a team like a St. Louis or a San Jose would desperately toss in their first-round pick for this upcoming draft, but it is what it is. I've also heard that they're shopping Jacob Markstrom, so it's going to be one of the two. Yeah, and speaking of Jacob Markstrom, he's playing phenomenally down in the in the AHL, and even yeah, he's gone to the Comets, the Canucks farm team, to the quarter cup finals. Even though they are down 0-2 in that series right now. Yeah, for sure, he's definitely playing well. As are Jake Bertanen, Nick Jensen, and so on. Yeah, and. And they, and and I think if Benning, the scouts are looking at him, I think if they said, and Benning even said that Monkstrom is way to play in the NHL. You do you agree with that statement? That Markstrom is? Yeah. I think he is, but maybe on this kind of market, because in in Vancouver there's a really short leash on goaltenders, so you have to be playing really well right away. And if he has one or two bad games. The fans will be on him like they were when he laid an egg against San Jose in that one game. Yeah, true. He did lay an egg in that game, and I, I, and he's still young. He's only 25 years old. Yeah, no, he still is young. He's still considered a prospect. You know, he wasn't what he was supposed to be in Florida, but he's still a prospect. Roy Melanson loves him because of his Ben Bishop-esque size. So the size is there. He has the talent. He's just got to put it together. Yeah, because if he can play like he is right now in the NHL, then the Canucks will have the number one goaltender of the future. Yeah, for sure, and that's what he was. He was the number one goaltender when he got drafted. <laughs> yeah, just be exciting to see how how he turns out because we could have a a number one Swedish goaltender, and that'd be exciting to see. Yep, I agree. And Jake, and you said Jake Vertanen is playing well, even though he hasn't been hitting the score seat as much. No, he hasn't. But what else does he have alongside his scoring ability? He can really hit, and he's been nailing guys so far in these playoffs. And you know, he brings that physical presence to the team. Yeah, he does. He's he's been playing really physical, lane bodies all over laying bodies all over the ice, making a physical impact whenever he has a chance to. Yep, I totally agree. And and what's surprising is how Nicholas Jensen was scratched for two games. That's not really going to help him help him much because Benning said he has to become a Hanson-like player if he wants to make the Canucks lineup. 
What do you think of that? Yeah, it just looks like the relationship of the Vancouver Canucks front management and Nicholas Jensen will be coming to a close. Uh, there's, he's just not fitting in. Uh, this guy, if he's going to be is if he's going to be good, he has to be in the top six, in my opinion, because he's a scorer. He's a scorer, and he can't be like Yannick Hansen, and that's what Benning wants him to be. And you can tell Benning is not a fan of Nicholas Jensen, and maybe because he never drafted him, it's not one of his own. And I think we'll see a trade coming soon. Yeah, what do you think we can get? What do you think the Canucks can get for Nicholas Jensen? Though a short round pick, a fourth round pick, because he hasn't really blossomed into much, and I don't think though he has a whole lot of trade value on him. Yeah, right. I, now. I totally agree. You know, this guy was uh, he was twenty. He was a, he was a first round pick. You know, he, even though he was a late first round pick, it, it's the same as Jordan Schrader almost. Uh, we lost Jordan Schrader for nothing. And, you know, maybe we can get a fourth-round pick, uh, just some kind of compensation. But at the same time, this guy has little to no value right now. Yeah, even though we lost John Sredo for nothing, it's not like he's blossomed in Minnesota and put up huge points on something that's become one of Minnesota's top six players. I still think he plays in the bottom six in, yeah. on their team, so it's not like it's not like he's blossoming to anything. Yeah, and Jordan Schrader for me is just like Lyndon Bay. I, you can't have those kind of players playing bottom six, in my opinion. I think they have to be in a Tyler Johnson role. It's just they're not good enough to be like Tyler Johnson, who's exceeded so many expectations considering he was undrafted. Yeah, even though he, even though he was, even though if you look at his trophy cabinet, cabinet, he's won so many awards: the Memorial Cup, the Calder Cup, if I, if I believe. Yep. And if you want to look at the Utica Comets playoff stats, their leading scorer in terms of points is Kyle O'Reilly, who has zero goals but has 16 assists. How about that? Yeah, and he's the brother of of, of Ryan O'Reilly, if I'm correct. Uh, uh, is he actually? I had no clue. Well, he is, and and like this, and I think the Comets just have a good team and not a lot of good and. Benning also said Alex Grand Al- Alexander yep. Granier has a ch- chance of making a team next season. Yep, he's played very well so far. I think he played in Ramuski in the QMJHL, and he's going to be slotted ahead of Jensen on those depth charts for sure in terms of prospects. Yeah, and what do you and what do you and what do you see of the odds of him making a team next season? Like what, based on how the comments have been playing, what prospects do you see? Making the jump from 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 the comets down to the Canu- to the Canucks. Uh, you know what? I think we'll see Vertanen for sure. I think Jensen and Grenier will have to wait, especially Jensen, because I expect maybe him to be traded this offseason for, as we said, a fourth or fifth round pick. Hunter Shinkarik is a good chance. I think Shinkarik might replace Ronnie Kennan's. In terms of Lyndon Vay, I could see the Canucks either putting Cole Castles or Jared McKinnon, or even Brendan Gaunt to replace that spot, or they could sign a guy like Brad Richards to a one-year, one-mil contract to replace him. So it really depends on the off-season acquisitions in terms of free agents to see where how many prospects make the team. Yeah, and speaking of Lyndon Vay, we've got a full season out of him. And we've seen how Gelson has played in Tampa, just for, and he's still playing. But 
do you think that was a good trade for the Canucks, or do you think the Canucks would have been better off with Jason Garrison still on the team? I'm not going to harp on the trade. Like Jason Garrison's contract was ridiculous and still is, even though he scored the, the game-deciding goal in Game 2 in the Cup Finals this past Saturday. I'm not mad at the trade. It was a simple salary dump. We could have traded him for nothing, and I would still be happy. We got Lyndon Vey. He's a decent, I don't know if you want to call him a prospect. I guess you can because he's 23 years of age. Lyndon Vey is a decent player. I think he belongs in the AHL to fine-tune his skills and get well, bigger because he's undersized, as I've always said. Um, but I, I, I have no problem with the trade, even though Jason Garrison has come on as of late with Tampa. Yeah, but do you think the con? Do you think it was? Do you think the con- Speaking of his contract, do you think the Canucks could have signed to a bet less, like a like like a one of four point five or four point two? Yeah, but they, and they probably should have. It's just Jason Garrison had a career year with Florida before he became a free agent. The Canucks got really excited. They needed defensemen to replace Christian Ehrhoff and Sammy Salo on that power play. Jason Garrison, this big shot, he's going to score 20 goals for us. And the Canucks got, as I said, way too excited, and they threw way too money at way th- threw way too much money at him. And Jason Garrison was average at best, you know. Coming off the 16-goal season in Florida before he came the free agent. First year at the Canucks, eight goals. Next year, seven goals. It, it's just not enough for what we paid him. Yeah, it wasn't. And I think it was just a flash in the pan, to tell you the truth. He just had one good season, and yep. that's a flash in the pan. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, if you look at the season before he scored 16 with Florida, he had five goals. Before that, three. Before that, two. This guy... In a perfect role as a back of the end defenseman, he's nothing special in my opinion. Yeah, and he's and you mentioned Erhoff, and he's and he said he's meant since he wouldn't mind going back to Van, signing back with Vancouver. Vancouver made him an offer. Where's, what did you think of that? Of oh, sorry, can you say that again? Because Erhoff, Erhoff mentioned that he wouldn't mind going back to Vancouver and playing and going back. And going back to one of his old teams, like the Canucks, what did you think of that? Erhoff mentioning that he wouldn't mind going back to Van- playing Vancouver again. I'm sure the Canucks would love him too. It just depends. You know, he's a free agent, and how much money is he going to command? He's not worth six mil, in my opinion. I'd think about paying him four. I wouldn't even pay him five, though. I think he's defensive liability. He's a really good offensive defenseman, but he is a bit. He's not a two-way player on the back end. Uh, he only scored three goals with Pittsburgh last season, albeit missing probably almost half the season due to injuries. Christian Ehrhoff is a good defenseman, but I'm not going to get too excited over him at all, and I'm not willing to throw the same amount of money that we threw at Jason Garrison at Christian Ehrhoff. Yeah, and speaking of which, if he does sign, sign in Vancouver, do you see him putting him up putting up similar points that he did in his first two years when he was here, or do you see him putting up less? Well, his two first years, he scored 14 goals, put up almost around 50 points. In his second year, he put up 50 points. I could see 10 goals out of him, but I still think that's not enough to give him over 4 mil because he's a defensive liability, and I don't know. Maybe at the Canucks, because the Canucks really need a power play guy, so they could get antsy on him. I don't know. I don't really have a good read on Christian Ehrhoff. I was a big fan of when he was in Vancouver, but he's a little overrated, to say the least. 
Yeah, he is, but he does have that cannon from the point like Garrison does. And and to tell you the truth, it was I think he was more effective than Garrison was when he when he was here. Oh, he he was for sure because he was he elevated that Canucks power play. The Canucks had the best power play the, the year they went to the Canucks because of Erhoff and Sammy Salo. Uh, when Jason Garrison came along, his shots were either going wide of the net, missing by a mile, or they were getting blocked. And Garrison just didn't work out. It was too bad because he is a weight rock boy, but yeah, it's just too bad. Yeah, and, and the draft is coming up real soon. So who do you see the Canucks drafting? Because right now they have the 20, 20 sword overall pick in this year's draft. Do you see them trying to move up in the draft to get a higher pick because Toronto says that uh, that they wouldn't mind trading the fourth overall pick. Well, it you know the fourth overall pick will be probably one of Gil Lundstrom or Mitch Marner, who I I'm I'm a big fan of Mitch Marner. It's just how much will you have to give up for that fourth overall pick? You're probably talking that twenty third pick at least. You're talking Jake Vertanen. That 23rd pick, Jake Vertanen and Cole Castles, and maybe even more for that fourth overall pick. Are you willing to do that, though? Yeah, that seems a bit much since Cole Castles seems to have really blossomed into that two-way player that the Canucks were looking for. I mean, he set down Connor McDavid yeah. in from the Iwi Autos. Yep, yeah, and congrats to the Oshawa Generals for winning the Memorial Cup, uh, beating out the Kelowna Rockets in overtime last Sunday. It was a great game, and Cole Castles was amazing, and that's the reason he couldn't play for Utica in these past couple of games is because he is so worn out from from playing against the likes of Connor McDavid. Yeah, but then again, but then again, he would be a he would have been a huge boost to to them. I mean, his two way play is I think is what the Canucks need right now, and do you, and do you see him blossoming him in the NHL. What do you think? I, just, I see him blossoming. I think I think I think he'll be a steady player on a third line as a center. I think his career will be exactly what Bo Horvat put out for us this past season. I think he'll score around fifteen to twenty goals a year and be a really good shutdown guy for us. So I think he's a really good third line shutdown center for us in the future. Almost like a poor man's Ryan Kessler. Yeah, and what a fine he was. He was a third round pick. The yeah. Canucks absolutely stole him from the other teams. Oh yeah, for sure. That was that's probably their that's one of their best picks because I think he's probably their best prospect after Jake Vertanen, yeah. if not their most complete one. Yeah, and he was drafted by doing the Gillis era, and and people said that Gillis didn't know how to draft. You know, Gillis made a couple good picks and a couple bad ones, but I don't know. It it's and the NHL draft. You know, these scouts are making a lot of the decisions as well. It's a collective group effort. I know Gillis had the last say and all, but you know, it's still a hit or miss kind of draft. It is, and with and speaking of which, why Miller will be coming will be turning. 35 this this season and he was not very effective at all this season at all even though he was injured I didn't see him putting up his numbers actually weren't all that impressive at all he got actually worse than his career average which was around 915 which, yeah. 
and a lot of people on Twitter are mad that any live trader rumors have come up because statistically Lack had the better season than Miller. Um, it's just Miller's trade. Uh, Miller's contract is untradeable. I mean, who's going to go for that contract, Alex? Well, well, Edmonton might because they because they seen a goaltender because the goaltenders really haven't actually blossomed and turned into you know superstar goaltenders that have won them games. I mean, there was that fifty nine saves Ben Scrivens game that Scrivens had, but other than that, nothing. So. Edmonton might want to take a look at him. Maybe, but you know how hard it is to trade uh, prime goaltenders and prime players within a division. You know, Corey Schneider should have been traded to Edmonton, but Mike Gillis was scared because he didn't want to trade to a team that's so close to you, a team within a division like Edmonton. You have to trade to a different conference. I've never understood why you can't trade to a rivalry team, rivalry team or what have you. But I don't think a Vancouver Edmonton trade for a prime player, prime player, or I'm not even sure if Ryan Miller's that good. But apparently, he still has that label as a star goaltender. I can't see a trade happening with Edmonton. Yeah, even though they need a goaltender, and with them drafting Connor McDavid, they could go the similar route of what Florida did because they got a goaltender like like Luongo to back up the. The, the young guns and I thought they could go a similar route and having a, a goaltender around that same age has that veteran leadership presence to help the yeah no uh, definitely and if, if, if Edmonton really wants to go for it after they draft Hunter McDavid all four of them you know um, they're probably going to want to make the playoffs and it could come with a mover that, that's been made uh, trading for a guy like Ryan Miller yeah, even though the, even though I've been talks about them targeting other goaltenders like Robin Lena, Cam Talbot. Yeah, I, I think they'll go. You know, if they're gonna make a serious playoff push, maybe they will trade for a veteran goaltender who used to be a superstar like Ryan Miller, and I can totally see it. Yeah, because that's. It's just I can see the I can see the Oilers inquiring about him. I don't know if the Canucks will trade him. To a team like Edmonton, though, I think they want to trade them to a to a team that's at least not within their division. Yeah, that's why I eliminate San Jose, and you know, I think if anything, he's going back to the Eastern Conference. Yeah, if he's going to be traded. Yeah, and speaking of which, the Sabres are going to be, you know, drafting Jack Eichel, and uh, and they basically just tank this season and don't even have a true number one goaltender anymore. And and they're trying to you know rebuild and all. Do you see him going back to to Buffalo to play with Evander Kane, Jack Eichel, Tyler Ennis? Uh, absolutely not. I think Buffalo's in a full out rebuild, even a bigger one than Edmonton, because Edmonton they want a sniff of the playoffs. Buffalo is set for the future, and they don't want to mess about it all. They're not going to trade anyone for Ryan Miller. A guy who's 34 going on at 35. I mean, the Sabres are set for the future. And, and yeah, they don't. you shouldn't be trading anyone or any pick, in my opinion. They got Sam Reinhart. They have Makarov, Nick Baptiste, Jack McCabe, Jake McCabe. Uh, they're set, you know. And, you know, they got Evander Kane coming back healthy. You're going to get 
Jack Eichel, they're set for the future. And yeah, their goalies aren't that good, but this team will probably finish down in the cellar once again, getting a top 10 pick, maybe top five once again. Probably top five once again. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, yeah, because he's right, they're going to fall on me about it, and I don't want to mess it up, even though, even though they have been bottom league for so long and and even though Florida has been bottom they still got that even though they got that first overall pick they still got out and traded up for that veteran that minor in Luongo even though they still are you know one of the bottom teams in the league yeah for sure going back to the draft though Alex I want to ask you a question you know what kind of positional player do you think the Canucks should draft do you think it should be a certain position, or are you of the mindset that the Canucks should just take the best available player? Well, I think the Canucks need to focus on the position because they have a tons of prospect forwards, but not a whole lot of a lot of defensive prospects. I mean, there was Jordan Subban, but other than that, there wasn't a whole lot of big name prospects defensemen on the, in the in the Canucks system. I mean, I mean, they drafted that big guy, but I think they still need to focus on defense because because two of the key guys are coming up, coming thirty three and thirty four. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, there's there's Jordan Subban, there's Ben Hutton, but there's just no star names that point out to me. I think the Canucks have to go after defensemen, no matter who they pick in the draft or what position they're at, maybe even if they trade up. It has to be defensive, in my opinion. If you're going to trade up and you're going to go for a big player, it has to be Noah Hennepin, in my opinion, who will go around four or five. Great American defenseman. He, in other drafts, he would be the first overall pick, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that draft is, but this year's draft is really deep. Yeah, no kidding. Like, Hennepin is probably just as good as Ekman. Yeah, and... I'm sorry, Ekblad. Ekblad, and do you really see him blossoming into that Nicholas-type player that that players are comparing him to in Florida? Who, Ekblad? Yeah. To Nicholas Lidstrom? Yeah. I know it's a huge comparison, but he's playing so well at such a young age in the NHL. I think because he's so young, you can't make a comparison yet. You have to see at least three more years out of him. Because I'm not even sure if you can compare him to anyone right now. I I haven't watched enough of Florida, to be honest. But I think even for... I think, you know, those Connor McDavid comparisons to Sidney Crosby or Wayne Gretzky, these, those have to be put on hold. Because we just don't know how this guy's going to do in the NHL yet. So you got to be waiting at least three more seasons. you got to watch the guy, and then you can compare him. Yeah. You know, because you have no idea how he'll play in the NHL with all, with all these big guys because once he gets to the NHL, he'll be going up against guys like Patrick Marlowe, Joe Sean, Jeff Carter, Andrzej Kopitar, yep. Patrice Bergeron, those t- Ryan Kessler, Corey Perry, Ryan Getzlaff, all those yep. type of guys. Plus he'll be going up against Henrik Sedin as well. Yep, and I'm a big Brendan Gaunt fan. He, when he was drafted, TSN labeled him as the next Jordan Stahl. 
Well, we got to see him playing in the NHL first before we can see if he's like Jordan Stall, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even though he hasn't received any call ups or hasn't received much regular season playing time at all. Yep. He's, he's always been like, when the Canucks could have caught up at center, he's always been one that they, that they have not have picked up, even because you, if, if I remember correctly, he was drafted 26 overall in 2012. Yep. And he has not received any call up at all, even during the Gillis era and Benny now at all. That and that tells me how much confidence the Canucks have in him of becoming an NHL player. Yeah. And speaking of which, do you remember Nolan Baumgartner? Oh yeah. He didn't receive much playing time at all in the NHL at all. If I no, he was pretty much an NHL lifer. Do you really see the same for Brendan Gaunt? I mean, it's just when you see guys like Cole Castles who have been elevated over them, over the guys like Brendan Gaunt in the depth chart, it looks like Brendan Gaunt could be traded or just stay in the NHL for a season or more because guys like Cole Castles, who Jim Benning probably likes over Brendan Gaunt, are going to get a bigger shot and bigger minutes and just simply more playing time than NHL. Yeah. Just a bigger chance. Yeah, and the same could be said for the Canucks other goaltenders in the system. I think his name was Joe, Joe Erickson and Joe Canada, who are just yep. lower on the depth chart and may just be EHLers for life. Yep. Because I, because I really don't see those two becoming goaltenders on on. A, on on any other teams other than other than the Comets to tell you the truth yep they're just good players that just don't aren't good enough for the for the NHL even though the Canucks may hype about them at some points during their cool years but they're just not good enough no they're not and speaking of the Stanley Cup Finals, have you been watching them? I've watched them. I haven't watched them closely enough, but they've been pretty good. You know, uh, I don't have a good read on who's going to take the series lead. I, but I'll say that Tampa takes the series lead in double OT tonight. I think Alex Kaloran will win it in OT, and the Lightning will win 3-2. It's just this series is so unpredictable. I, will, I think this series will be coming back 2-2 for Game 5. But it's anyone's game at this point. Yeah, it is. But but the stats of Ben Bishop is still un- unclear, and yeah. that can make a part, and that can make a a drastic impact on whether the Tampa Bay Lightning win or lose. Yep. And and the scene, and it's still unbelievable what. The Hawks have done with, with players at such a young age. Jonathan Tays, Patrick Kane, Brent Seabrook, Duncan Keith. I mean, they really drafted and, and developed well. Yep. I mean, some of those guys, well, I don't think even first round picks, they were later second round picks or third round picks. It's. I know, you're totally correct. 
and they just and I think they followed the the, the Detroit model better because Detroit was known for drafting and developing young players well, but Chicago has has done that even better. Yep. I mean, five Western Conference Finals in in seven years, and now going to another Stanley Cup Finals. It's amazing, but but what's really amazing is what Ben Cooper has done with the Tampa Bay Lightning in his second year as an as an any as a second year head coach. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so he has a great team like in Ben Bishop, but it's. It's the the really see the and speaking of head coaches, do you really see Willie Dzodan ever becoming like doing what Ben Cooper has done? John Cooper? Yeah. Uh, it all depends on the team. If John Cooper was coaching Buffalo, they'd still be going nowhere. Um, in terms of coaching, I think it's a lot of it's luck and a lot of it's what position you're in and what the team's position is in when you're hired or fired. Yeah. I mean, he has one of the best goal scorers on the team, and Steven Stankos, even though he hasn't been entirely, you know, visible doing the playoffs, it's all been Tyler Johnson off for this playoff run. Well, I don't think it's been all Tyler Johnson, you know, Stankos as well. It's been a collective team effort. Tyler Johnson has stood out for sure, but where has he been in these cup finals in these past two games? I know he's apparently been injured, but it's been a collective group effort. It, it is, and but yeah, but he certainly has has had a breakout season in this in this playoffs. I mean, I think he set a, a playoff rookie a playoff rookie record or something for most goals in a playoff run. Yep, with thirteen. I mean, it, it's hard to believe that his, his size was the reason why he was undrafted. I mean, so he may be a small guy, but so all, but so are a lot, a lot of guys, and they produce well. It's not always about big and heavy guys that produce well. Isn't that right, Trevor? Yeah, no, I would tend to agree on that. Yeah, and still, who do you see winning the cup at the end? Do you think it'll be another Chicago Cup win? I actually went back on my Twitter, and it said that I predicted Blackhawks over Lightning before the season even began. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I'll take Tampa. I said Tampa in six before the series began, so I'll stick with that pick. But it's so unpredictable. I wouldn't be surprised. Who wins and who wins con smite and what have you? Yeah, and if Chicago wins the cup, they'll be in salary cap hell because a lot of those, because a lot of those players will want to get paid for after winning the cup. And oh yeah, no, they're screwed. You know, you can say Taro Teravainen is going to be the Patrick Kane 2.0. They're still screwed. They're going to lose Marcus Kruger, Brian Bickle. They're going to lose some of their good, solid players. Like they're going to have the trade sharp. One of Sharper Hosa. They'll probably make the playoffs next season, but they're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs. Yeah, and you said they might lose Marcus Kruger and all those. Where do you see all those guys that are going to lose? Where, who do you see them? Who do you see? Where do you see them going? I you can't predict that at all. It 
we don't know what team's going to throw money out. It could be Calgary. It could be Florida. We don't know. All I can say is Dale Town from Florida, he is willing to spend a lot of money on free agents, as we've seen the past couple of years. So I think he'll be, he'll be spending a lot. And, and speaking of which, the players that, that Chicago's going to lose, do you, do you want Vancouver to try to sign him? At all, or do you think they wouldn't be a good fit at all? The players that Chicago's going to lose, like like Marcus Kruger and, and as such. I don't think any of those players fit the bill. What the Canucks need right now. And why do you say that? Brian Bickle is probably going to be traded or signed. I'm not even sure if he's a free agent at the end of this season, but he is way too inconsistent. Marcus Kruger, we don't really need him because that's sort of our Lyndon Vay or. I'll tell you this much, we'll probably sign Brad Richards, because as I said earlier in the podcast, I think Brad Richards will be signed to a one-year, $1 million contract, and he will replace Lyndon Vay. So that's my bold prediction, the Canucks will sign Brad Richards, but it'll be a Vinny LeCavalier type contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's... And what about Brendan Schott? I mean, he's been a good player for the, for the Hawks. Do you... Do, if I'm correct, his contract is up too, and he might l- leave the team as well because of that. Would he be a good fit, Brendan? Brendan Todd in Vancouver? Yeah. No way, because he's going to command four point five five million. We can't afford it. A team like Florida can. A team like Calgary can. We cannot afford that contract. And it's too bad because Brendan Todd is a pretty darn good player. Yeah, he is, and. Do you think so? You're saying the Hawks will re-sign him? I think Stan Bowman will find a way to re-sign Brendan Sada, but if they, but if he doesn't, because Brendan Sada's going to command a lot of money. He's a, he's probably smart. He's gonna he knows that the Hawks are desperate for him, and other teams have money to spend, so he's going to command a lot. Yeah, and there's another player I want to talk about is Milan Lucic. I know he's got a lot of heat here in Vancouver because of what he did in 2011 and such, but. He's coming up in his final contract year. If the Bruins don't resign him during this during the next season, do you want to kind of throwing money at him trying to get him to come here? I don't know. When we look at Milan Lucic, I think we're almost seeing a guy who peaked really early on and is starting to his stats are going down a bit. You know, he's a He's really big. He'd be really good for the Canucks because the Canucks have never had a guy like him since Bertuzzi. But his stats just don't stand out. You know, in 2010-2011 when the Bruins went to the Cup Final, he scored 30 goals. Last season he had 18. His stats are going down. He's a good player. He's not a first-line player in my opinion. He's a second. He's a perfect second-line player. Hell, he's a perfect third-line player because... And, you know, second and third-line players, I'm not willing to pay more than $5 million for that. Yeah, true. He might not be worth it, but he could be, like you said, I haven't had someone like that since Tarbatuzzi. And when Tarbatuzzi was here, he did play well for him. Yep, for sure. Travis. Uh, North-South, dude, North-South. North-South gets the pocket. I mean, he works hard. He's a good good boy. You know, uh, if you're your Vancouver yep. can... Oh, yeah. Very no. valuable. I wouldn't trade him. I wouldn't trade him at all. Hard on the skates. Good guy. 
you know, he's, he's definitely someone that I think uh, you know you, you have to keep in your club uh, for a long time, and uh, you know the, your your town will really rally around him. Uh, oh, he's, a future, he's a future captain. He's a future captain. He is. He's got captain material in him. You know, the future captain, Connor McGregor. McGregor. Oh yeah. Wow. UFC 189 coming July July 11th. I'm fucking fired up. You know that's that's gonna be a good time. You know the Irish lad trying to win a title. The Irish Muhammad Ali, man. That's right. I forgot he was Muhammad Ali. What's your prediction for that fight? Uh, I think around one KO, to be honest. You know. <laughs> I'll take Aldo by decision after five rounds, but uh, McGregor wins because of all the promotions he's got out of this. <laughs> he's a little great marketer. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure Dana White loves McGregor, so I could totally see McGregor winning. Yeah, I could see that just for the UFC in general, since they're so uh, looking for someone new. Since GSP is out, the Canadian kid. Yeah, for sure. The you know the UFC was in a steady decline until this Conor McGregor kid came out of nowhere, and you know he's you know he's elevated the UFC above boxing, above this Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather BS. <laughs> the UFC is really growing here because well, of this Irish lad. You know, I think we can both agree that boxing in the past 10 years oh, yeah. hasn't really been anything at all. I don't even remember watching a boxing match other than the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight at all yep. in my lifetime. Yeah, for sure. And that's what Dana White did. Dana White grew up as a big boxing fan, but he wanted more out of it. And he took the boxing and turned it into this kickboxing, crazy power box franchise. And it has grown so much since... 2000 when it started and the UFC has attracted fans like me and you Ty and I'm all in You know I'm all in too and you know it's not like uh, something like this is, is new or not I mean it's been around since the medieval ages watching two people duel it out yep. um, Obviously this isn't to the death but uh, pretty close to it I would say Oh yeah for sure Yeah and game back to the game back on track Ah, there's, there's been rumors that Columbus is stopping one of the defensemen, I think Ryan Reichel, and there's been talks that the Canucks would go after him, like train Biesco, Hamus for him. What do you think of that, Trevor? Ryan who, sorry? Reichel from, from the Columbus Blue Jackets. The, you know, I've, I've been hearing that that rumor for a while now that, that the Columbus are stopping him. Well, any defenseman right now would help the Vancouver Canucks. You know, their prospect pool is pretty, pretty brutal. If you look at the Canucks' prospects in terms of defensemen, it's Jordan Subban, Ben Hutton, and about nothing else. Kevin Bx and Dan Hanhuis are, what, 34, going on 35. Uh, one of them will be asked to waive the no-trade clause for sure. The Canucks could use any defenseman at this point. Yeah, and going... going yeah, and speaking of which, speaking of defensemen, Jim Benning signed Lucas Spieza to that contract. Do you really think he'll live up to that next season, or do you think he'll be more of the same heading into next season? Not at all. Jim Benning's ego got in the way of him, and this deal is pathetic. What's Spieza getting 4.6 for three more years or something like that? It's really pathetic because Spieza can't even play defense. You can't count on him in the big moments, and... At most, I think he's a good 
seventh defenseman who's a healthy scratch for half the season. I, I'm, I, I'm alarmed by this deal because he's not even worth three mil in my opinion. Yeah, and you can, and I bet you can be how static the Ducks were when they were able to get rid of him for Ryan Kessler. For sure, and that's what the Canucks had. Their their hands were tied because Ryan Kessler only said, you can only trade me to Anaheim, this one team. And it screwed the Canucks over. You know, the one thing the Canucks can look forward to in this Kessler deal is Jared McCann from St. Salt Marie, who's looking like Ryan Kessler. But Lucas Spiza was awful. Nick Bonino, he had those hot moments, but he was supposed to touch 20 goals. What he touched, 15. Uh, this guy, Vanille, can't even skate, and I expect Bo Horvat to replace him on the second line. Vanille will drop down to a third or fourth line role, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and Kessel really did screw him, screwed Ducks, the Canucks over. I mean, I, I'd rather have Hans Limholm or Cam Fowler trade for, for, for Ryan Kessel. I think he was worth that much, and I, I still believe, even though the Canucks got the 24th overall pick for him, I still think he was worth the 10th in that draft. But the Ducks weren't willing to give it up. Yeah, it's too bad, because the Canucks only got the Ducks' second pick, which was higher up in the 20s, or I think it was 17th or what have you. It's too bad that the Canucks weren't able to get that 10th pick, and I think they should have... I'm not even sure how they didn't get the 10th pick, because I'm pretty sure... If the Canucks kept prodding the Ducks to make that deal, the 10th pick included, the Ducks would have said, okay, screw it, because it's Ryan Kessler. And Ryan Kessler almost got them to the Cup Finals because he was amazing in the playoffs. Yeah, he, he was a he was a beast in the playoffs for sure, but it wasn't enough as the Game 7 haunt, game seven curse that still haunts the Ducks continues. Yep. And Ty, I know you're a big St. Louis Blues fan. That's right. What do you see going on for their offseason plans? Ken Hitchcock returns as head coach, which is, which is pretty surprising to me. What do you think of the Blues going forward? Because this was a really disappointing season for them, getting eliminated in the first round once again. Well, you know, I'm going to quote uh, our captain, David Backus, here. and He said, I don't expect anything to happen, but if this team wants to go forward, something needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And that need, what needs to happen, Trev, is goaltending. Oh, yeah. You can't... We can't. We got rid of Bishop already to the Auto Centers. We then ended up going to the Tampa, Tampa Lightning, yeah. of course, uh, in the Cup Final right now. But I mean, you take a look at what we have right now. We have Brian Elliott, who had a couple good years with St. Louis. He was terrible in Ottawa. He was horrendous in Colorado. And then we have this young stud in Jake Allen, who was supposed to be the next thing. But as of late, as you can tell, nerves are getting to the kid. I mean. Yeah, obviously he underperformed in the playoffs. You have to think that playoff experience has to pay, play a factor in that. But, I mean, it's a young St. Louis Blues team. They just need someone on the back end in their, in between the pipes that can lead this team to glory. And maybe one more uh, you know, top quality forward to play with Tarasenko. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, there's been TJ Oshi rumors for trades because of his health issues. But, you know, it's not from lack of effort from the Blues front, front management. You know, they went, they traded for Yar Halak. They went after Ryan Miller. And Ryan Miller was still a star goalie at that time, and he was so disappointing in the playoffs and let them down. It's just too bad for the Blues. They've been unlucky in their whole franchise history. 
I think the Blues need to return with the same roster next season and need to ride it out with Jake Allen because I think you can't make a panic move and trade for Ryan Miller once again or even a second-round pick for an Eddie Lack because Eddie Lack rides off the emotions of the fans, but he's nothing more than an average starting goaltender. And that's exactly what Jake Allen is right now. So I think you just have to ride it out with Jake Allen and almost hope for the best because I think you can't make a desperation move for a goaltender and trade up, trade even more assets. Well, it almost reminds me of the Robin Leonard situation in Ottawa a couple, well, I guess this year, last year, whatever you want to call it, where, you know, you have a young goalie and he hasn't proved himself yet. He's still trying to learn the ropes. And, I mean, again, you don't want to make a trade like what Ottawa did, you know, getting rid of Ben Bishop. I guess what St. Louis did as well, getting rid of Ben Bishop and then getting screwed and him becoming you know, a Vesna Trophy candidate. And, I mean, if Jake Allen, if they trade Jake Allen, he comes into form with another team that's going to look really bad on the St. Louis management once again, uh, yeah. throwing away another goaltender. And I think, the Can- I think the Blues need to do what the Canucks have done. Just find their number one goalie. Uh, the Canucks two years ago had this Luongo Corey Schneider de- dilemma, and that's what the Blues had this past season with Allen and Elliott. The yeah. Blues just the Blues just need to make Jake Allen their number one goalie, play him sixty games next season, and I think Allen will figure it out because you can't have him splitting time with Brian Elliott, who's just a seasoned vet who's just okay. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's why they brought in Marty Broder. Uh, you know, obviously he played those few games this year with St. Louis. Looked a little weird, but he's going to be a huge factor in the learning for Jake Allen. I mean, yeah. the fact that he's going to be coaching or at least a senior advisor up in the uh, in the 400s there uh, for St. Louis, I mean, it'll be nice for him maybe to hand down some experience to Jake Allen. You know, obviously it's a different sort of game now than when he was in his prime. Uh, goaltenders aren't as flashy now. They're more of a positional type of goaltender. But, I mean, either way, still lots of experience to hand down to the little kid there. Yep, for sure. Yeah, and speaking of of a team that that's, in, I think, in trouble, tom- not trouble tomorrow right now, but soon will be, is the New, New York Rangers. I mean, they're good. Really? Well, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, you have... Glenn Sather possibly stepping down. It's been a great run with him. Obviously, they won a cup in 94. But this Rangers team is still really young. Ryan yeah. McDonough, one of the youngest captains out there, one of the best defensemen out there. Kevin Hayes, JT Miller. This is the one thing, though. Marty St. Louis is a free agent. He won't be re-signed. He was disastrous in this past playoffs. There are Rick Nash trade rumors, and there's a few teams that will be interested. Calgary, Detroit, maybe Montreal, who has these size issues. They've had... Montreal's had guys like Scott Gomez, Brendan Gallagher, Ryan Gionta. They need to get bigger, and I think Montreal would be a prime target for Rick Nash. I mean, you're in the spotlight, too, there in Montreal as well. That's uh, true. That's true. Uh, factor. So I don't know whether he wants to deal with Canadian media. We all know what Canadian media uh, gives pressure on the players in Canada, but I mean... It's New York's a team where they have all the pieces. It's just trying to fit them together, and obviously making that. Well, they made a cup run. I guess they passed two years, but you know, finalizing that cup run and actually accomplishing the goal of winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I think they're still the best team in NHL when they're fully healthy. They got guys locked up. They got Girardi locked up. They got Mark Stahl locked up. 
they're not going to lose anyone except Marty St. Louis, who's 40 years of age and is definitely in heavy decline. Yeah, easily replaceable. Easily replaceable, because Marty St. Louis, he's still, he's still skating around flashy, but he's not producing like he should. Yeah, and, and there's another thing I like to talk about, Montreal. I mean, I think they have the, the D set up with, with, with P.K. Subban, and I'm, even though he's old, Andre Markov, and have the goaltending set with one of the best in the game, and Carey Price, um, and they, and they, I think they have a good goal scorer, and Max Pacioretty. What more do they need in order to make that jump? You know, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and it's going to be a very unpopular opinion. And maybe it's because I'm from Ottawa, but I think P.K. Subban is absolutely overrated. I totally and agree. He is so terrible on defense. And you, 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 know, you can make Eric Carlson, blah, blah, blah. No, like, Carlson has improved so much defensively, and he has so much more speed. He has so much more offensive skill than Subban. Then you have Subban back there, you know, turning the puck over and causing so many mistakes in the defensive zone. I mean, you almost need to have a third defender out there with him. Yeah, make him forward almost. Before we get to the Montreal again, Matt Zuccarello was injured almost the whole playoffs. I'm pretty sure the whole playoffs. He'll easily replace Marty St. Louis. And Ty, I totally agree. I got into a Twitter argument a couple weeks ago. Who would you rather take, Victor Hedman or P.K. Subban? I'd take Hedman. Hedman, all day. Yeah, P.K. Subban is still making rookie mistakes. This guy's not a rookie. This is like his fifth season in the NHL. Uh... He's a flashy player. He's a fun player to watch, but he is not complete. No, not at all. I mean, he works out for Montreal with the whole flash game. But if you want a defenseman that's going to lead you to glory, you have Victor Hedman because he's good defensively. He's a big boy, and he still has that offensive upside as well. I take Eric Carlson over PK Subban, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, easily Eric Carlson over. And I know people are scared about that ankle injury or what have you after Matt Cook stepped on him. You know, but, I think he's uh, at 100%. Yeah, he's being fine. He wasn't at the beginning of the season. He was still recovering. You could tell in his skating. But I think <laughs> after the All-Star break, it's really kicked into gear for Carlson. And Eric Carlson, he's a really underrated leader. He is. You know what? I've been really impressed with him uh, living in Ottawa and seeing what he's done with the captaincy. I was a little skeptical at first. You know, a young kid getting the captaincy. Obviously, Chris Phillips was there. Um, to maybe get the captaincy as well. You have Chris Neal as well, who's been in Ottawa forever and has done so many great things for the city. But, you know, Eric Carlson has taken the captain's role and he's taken it with stride. He's done an amazing job, not only with the team on and off the ice, but with the city in general as well. Yeah, and it's too bad that Rick Nash didn't work out in New York, but I think I think Montreal will go after him. I know you made a really good point, Ty, about how Montreal is probably the hardest play, place to play in besides Toronto. But yeah. Montreal needs to get bigger, and I think they'll give up a likes of a Alex Glenshuk or Tommy Plekanec for a Rick Nash because Rick Nash's size is unprecedented. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think they'll get rid of Galchenyuk, but I could definitely see Plekanec uh, getting moved for sure. I mean, that's a guy that's you know is getting up in age. Um, he hasn't played at his best so you know in the past few years than what he did you know three four years ago. Uh, obviously, you're gonna have to give something else other than Plekanec for Nash. You know, maybe a first or a second or a prospect of some sorts. But uh, I mean, definitely it would be a good deal for Montreal to make. 
and uh, I mean, would it really help their cup run for sure. Yeah. yeah, because Montreal is so close. Carey Price is a top three goaltender, maybe number one. Max Pacioretty, guys. This guy is this guy's unreal. And after that yep. freaky Zdeno Chara injury, we never thought he would get to the level that he's playing at. He's one of my personal favorites. And this guy, Pacioretty's a top ten player. He, mm, I'm top ten, or sorry, top ten in the NHL forwards. Yeah, in my opinion. I mean, that may be pushing it a bit. Maybe a bit, but he's close. Top 25? Top 20? Yeah, I think he sneaks in there maybe at 19 or 20, but he's he's around there. Um, I wouldn't, I mean, <laughs> a great player for sure, and it's uh, kind of annoying for me to say that as an Ottawa fan, but uh, he is an amazing player, and he's done a lot. Like, you could put the team, he could put the team on his back, I should say, in Montreal for sure. Yeah, and Tyler, since you're an Ottawa fan, I'm absolutely. I'm so you saw saw lots of Andrew Hammond and an amazing season he had. Do you see him having a similar season next season for for Ottawa, or or do you think he'll have cooled down and come back to off and and and? I mean, and there's a guy where you have so much marketable. Appearance with him. I mean, after going on that run, McDonald's has released the new Hamburglar thing, who looks exactly like Hammond. Just saying. Um, but I mean, this is a guy. You know, where we were down fifth last in the league, with both our goalies injured, and it's one of those things where you come in and we're going, "This is perfect." I mean, we're going to lose even more. We have our third string goalie coming in, and we're going to get McDavid. Perfect. It's all will work out awesome. Yeah, and before Hammond was called up, he was the laughing stock of the AHL. Like his numbers were ridiculously bad. Yeah, exactly. I think Hammond. I was really surprised by the contract. I think after the Sens signed Matt O'Connor, who's supposed to be this big stud, I thought, yeah, so happy with. Yeah, I don't know. I think Hammond is a little overrated. I think you look at his wins, but if you look at his save save percentage, it's average, just like Eddie Lack. I think Hammond is overrated and a bit too hyped up, the same way Tim Tebow was, the same way Jeremy Lin was. Yeah, uh, you know what, I completely agree with that, because he's going to come in next year, he's going to be our backup bully, because Robin Leonard's going to get moved, I think everyone has come to the conclusion with that, because yeah. um, you don't want to move Craig Anderson, he's a solid, he's a solid goaltender, you know he's good. Anderson is, is a top but, 10 goalie when healthy. Yeah, no, absolutely. I completely agree. Um, so, I mean, obviously it's going to, you know, O'Connor's going to take a couple years in bingo to get his form, get used to the professional game. But, uh, I mean, it's a bright future for sure for Ronald goaltending. This is a, I mean, remember, this is a franchise that's never, ever had goaltending, ever. I mean, maybe Patty Oline for a bit. But we've never had solid goaltending. Uh, so this is something new for this organization to deal with, and it's like all the GMs say: it's the best problem you could have having four quality goaltenders in your organization. Absolutely, yeah. Because they've went through a lot of goalies, as you said: Brian Elliott, Ray Emery, Martin Gerber. Remember him? Dominic Hasek, Alex Ald. Like it's been ugly. Uh, Pascal Leclerc. Like they've uh, been through a lot of under-average goalies, and now they have. Four solid tendies. 
No, yeah, no, it, it's it's something where the city's going. This city's very excited just to see, you know, the, the amount of goaltending that we have and what future could come from this. Yep. For sure. It's just now we see Ottawa, who's a bubble team for the playoffs probably for next season. Yep. Do they want to take that next step? Do they want to make a big trade for maybe a Taylor Hall, or Ryan Nugent Hopkins, or do you think they need to quietly just... Yeah. This is what's happening, Trent. Okay. This is what's happening. I'm going to call it right here. I've called it for the past three months. Ottawa's going to ship Robin Leonard oh my God. and Eric Griba off to Edmonton, and we're going to get Jordan Eberle in return. What? Yeah. Eric Griba? Eric Griba. Maybe Cody Cece. No, we were not going to get rid of Cece. It's going to be either a Griba or a Cowan. And I think Ottawa's going to push to get Griba because he had a great playoffs. You're going to need to trade Griba and Cowan for Eberle. There's no way Edmonton's going to give up Eberle for two average players. But what what do you do then? They don't have any goaltending anyways. You need a goaltender. They're interested in Leonard. The reports are there that they're interested in Leonard. Ottawa needs a forward, so you have one of those guys. If they're going to give up anyone, it's going to be Eberle. It's not going to be the new, which is not going to be Taylor Hall. Wow. If you think of it, what other Ford are they going to give up? Leon. You might, you might have to throw a... Dreisaitl? I don't, I don't think they'll throw in Dreisaitl. I think he's too young. I think they have, he has too much potential. Oh, you're right. Well, you don't think they'll trade away Leon Dreisaitl, but with Connor McDavid, I mean, that really draws Dreisaitl down to depth chart. I mean, he was drafted, like, so high in the draft, like, sort of overall... Uh, something in the draft and and I I don't think he would want to when you I don't think I see him really being as, as a third line center for the for the others. I think he has more potential but, than that. Would you put Taylor Hall then as your second line center? Well, well, Hall is a winner, not a center. Oh yeah, sorry, that's right. Who is their first line center right now? Anyways, for Edmonton, I think that's right in. I think that's watching Newtskin Hopkins right now. Because he is a center. Hmm. So that's the, another problem we have to deal with, right? Is, uh, you know, the, your positions and all that. I mean, Drysaddle's a guy where he's already been with the Rock started at Edmonton, considering that they didn't let him play for Germany, and then they sent him down to juniors right after, which was pretty disrespectful if you think of it. Yeah, but even though he right, did... Right now, the Oilers slotted number one center is Derek Roy. So I think if you're <laughs> going to get Jordan Everly in a trade, I think the Sens will have to give up Griva, Leonard, and maybe a player like a Curtis Lazar. I, you know, I think Lazar is too much for that, though. I think Lazar is a bit of a feel-good story. He was a cap in the World Juniors, but he's undersized... And I think the Sens are going to draft a guy like a Trav Konechny, Travis Konechny, the captain of the Ottawa 67s. This guy is a future captain, man. This guy, the only downside of this guy is he's undersized. But Travis Konechny could easily replace Curtis Lazar. Well, you think of it for Lazar. He's a 95, you have to remember. He's only two years older than you, Trev. He's got a lot to grow. And you take a look at you know other guys that have grown into their bodies eventually and you know he's definitely one of those that's he's I mean, he has a lot of work on for sure but 
I watched him when I did color commentary for Sen's development camp on Sen's TV. And I watched him play, and the amount of, you know, even this is before Team Canada, the amount of cheers he got and praise he got from the other fans was unbelievable. You know, how he played was unbelievable. Him and Mark Stone were just phenomenal in that rookie camp, that development camp. Um, and, you know, here's a guy that he's so young but has so much upside, I think, and will definitely be someone I think will be um, obviously a future ultimate captain, but uh, once Eric Carlson moves on, whether it's retired or a trade, I think he's our future captain. And I'm not going to argue that. I just don't understand how Robin Leonard is much of an upgrade over Ben Scribbins or Victor Fast. And I think you're going to go after... Well, he's 23 or 22. But how much upside does he have? He's He's been able to prove himself that he can stand on his head and play. It's the composure for Robin Leonard. We've seen him blow up many times. So keeping a level head would be huge for his upside. I mean, if he can you know, calm his emotions down... And finally, fill into the form and you know realize that you know you got to be calm in that to play well. I think he's going to be a real good goaltender. And, we're talking and, Jordan Eberle though. Like this guy, Jordan Eberle still has the talent of a top twenty player, and you're going to give up Eric Griba, Robin Leonard, and that's it for Eberle. No, I mean you, I wouldn't mind. The, I'm sure a pick would be thrown in there as well. Probably uh, this probably the pick that could get Travis connecting. So why wouldn't you just give up Lazar instead? Well, that's a very very good point. And there's another. Point. I actually don't have anything to say from that. That's that's an amazing point. Travis connecting, man. And hey, big fan. He's himself in Ottawa already. And I think there's an, a player that has has to turn his career around is Neil Yakupov. I mean, oh. and he <laughs> and a first overall pick hasn't really panned out. Now that, can, now that the odds are getting Connor McDavid, do you really see him turning his career around? I mean, putting, I mean, McDavid with Yakupov, and hopefully getting his career turned around. Because, you I know s- what, you know what, like, I'm probably one of the few, but I'm actually a really big Neil Yakupov fan. It's just people have these expectations that are absolutely absurd. They think this this guy is a poor man's Alex Ovechkin who was a perfect third liner. And I think in Edmonton, in a market like Edmonton, he just simply won't fit. You put him in Nashville, he will thrive on the Predators. This guy, he's tenacious, man. And he's going to be a 20-goal scorer for the next five seasons. And if you put him on a different team, that's a playoff team. I think yeah. Neil Yakupov is a special player. He's not going to be that 49-goal scorer like he was in Sarnia. He's not a first overall player like he was drafted. He should have never been drafted first overall, but that's a weak draft. Who is number two in that draft? A no-name defenseman for Columbus that has any, that's irrelevant right now. Who, is, who was the number two overall pick in that draft? I'm going to go search that. Give me a second. Ryan Murray was the number two overall <coughs> pick. He's a nobody right now. Nail Yakupov, it's not his fault he was drafted number one. Uh, he's what ex- draft year was that? Was that? 2012. Making sure. And if you look at that draft, the only player that stands out really is Galchenyuk, you know, maybe Morgan Riley, Matt Dumba. Like, it's a weak draft. Philippe Forsberg's probably the best player out of that draft. Cody Ceci's in there as well. Thomas Hurdle. Tom Wilson. It's it's not a good draft. And yeah, Yakupov, 
these expectations, I feel bad for the kid because this guy is a perfect third liner. He's a solid NHL player, and I just can't believe the people that hate this guy. Like, he's a good player. He just needs to be in the right system, and Edmonton's just not a right fit. It's time to move on. Put him in Washington. Put him in Nashville. He will thrive there. Yeah, I agree. He definitely needs a move from Edmonton. And, you know, that's just because, I mean, he's he hasn't gone to the greatest. Well, we all know he hasn't got to the greatest start. No. And if you continue in that environment, you're just going to have more media, more fans scrutinize you for every little mistake that you make. Yep. Yeah, true. I mean, you're right. He will thrive in, in Nashville and, and Washington. I mean, I mean, putting, putting Yakupov with Ovechkin is guaranteed for success. I mean, two Russians playing together. Putting anyone with Ovechkin is guaranteed for success. You yep. could put Paul Bissonnette with Alex Ovechkin. Bissonnette would put up 60 points. 60 assists, maybe. <laughs> well, yes. Another player who could thrive in a different market, obviously, is Phil Kessel. There's been a lot of trade rumors. Oh, he'll be Especially gone. to a team like Calgary. What do you think of a team like Calgary after Phil Kessel? I don't think that's the proper fit, but I think... I don't think Kessel wants to go and stay in Canada after no. everything that's happened in Toronto. No, and before you came on the podcast, Ty... Me and Alex were talking about how Dale Talon in Florida, he's willing to spend a lot of money, spent a lot of money on Brian Campbell. Hell, he overpaid for Willie Mitchell. This guy, bar not, he's going to go after Phil Kessel, and I think he'll, I think there will be a trade in place. And Phil Kessel, he'll put up 30 to 40 goals in Florida. It's just who's going back to Toronto. Yeah. Mm. I mean, obviously Toronto's going to look young. Barkov's obviously the first game that comes to mind. Yep. They're going to look at Barkov, Huberdo, and it's just, is Florida willing to give up that? I think I could see Jonathan Huberdo, who's been, you know, okay. He hasn't been that number three overall pick like he was supposed to be, but he's a solid player, solid second-line center, and I could see him improving the Leafs as well. Yeah, and... and and going back to Alexander, Alexander Ovechkin, he's a player who has not even seen past the second round of his career. I mean, this playoff run was against New York, made to a Game 7, lost, and has yet to experience the conference finals, and he's about 28 years old. You know what? I feel bad for Ovechkin because when you look at it, who was who's the best player he's played beside his whole career? Backstrom. Backstrom, and then after that, Alex Seven. Semen. That's just not good enough. And I no, feel bad for Ovechkin. Ovechkin has thrived under this new defensive system in Washington. And you know what? I think I'm not sure if he'll ever win a cup, but it's not his fault. And we can look at Sidney Crosby. What if he never won the cup in 09? Do you know how much the media would be scrutinizing that kid? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think Barry Trotz and Ovechkin have gotten along surprisingly well in Washington. It sucks. You know, they were so close to advancing to the conference finals this time around. It didn't happen, but I don't know. I think Ovechkin's still one of the best players in the league. Oh, no, absolutely he is. I mean, it's proven by having no one to play with uh, that he can still put up, you know, a 50-goal season and, you know, just absolutely tear the league up. 
But the, he's going to need someone like a Jason Spezza. I'm just putting Jason Spezza's name out there because he's a good assist guy, but and he's an elite assist guy. But they're going to need someone like that for Ovechkin to succeed. And what I've thought of is, if you look at San Jose and all the crap that's going down there, Doug Wilson, a brutal relationship with Joe Thornton. Yeah. Joe Thornton, a point-of-game guy, a pass-first guy. Imagine him and Ovechkin together. Oh, I think that's a, a great idea. It's I just, yeah. San Jose has been obviously the choke city of the playoffs. Oh, yeah. They need a change there. They need to get rid they of They need a change. And, yeah, they'll be getting rid of. It sucks because Marlowe and Thornton have those new contracts that kick in. And, I don't know, Doug Wilson's just an idiot. And I feel bad for Todd McClellan because it wasn't even his fault. They had a good enough team and they just didn't perform in the playoffs. Yep, absolutely. The team was there. It's just, you know, when it comes down to it, the players didn't get it done for the organization. Yeah, and when you look at a team that last season had a 3 nothing series lead on L.A. in the first round, yeah. blew it, that's going to go to the, the leadership of Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe. And that's the thing that Joe Thornton's always lacked, his leadership. Does he want it enough? Yeah. And you wonder why he had to see in the first place. Yeah. So, I mean, getting stripped of it, obviously, it, I mean, it hurt the relationship between them, but he's not catching material, and we've nope. seen that. And Boston obviously knew something was up when they traded him. They knew that the leadership just wasn't there, and they knew that Phil Kessel's heart was never there when they traded him. So they've made two great trades for their organization. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Completely agree with that. Yeah, but one of the trades that didn't pan out was Tyler Sagan. I mean, going him going to Dallas and blossoming with Jamie Benn, and I wouldn't have seen that coming. I saw it coming. I mean, Sagan yep. is, you know, he's he's a kid. He's a, you know he's a young guy, who wants to enjoy himself. And Boston really wasn't the right fit for that. They're a very professional organization. Where you go look at Dallas, and you know Dallas is more of a fun time. And to get back Louis Erickson, who I always thought was a pretty great player, I think it really it's a win-win for both teams. They both got a player that fits their organization and fits their needs. Absolutely, Sagan simply did not build. Like the mold of a Bruins type player. That's what Peter Shirley wants. The tough, the tough, brutal player. And Louis Erickson was is like a power forward. It's just he hasn't been healthy enough. Uh, this yeah. guy, before he was traded, was a 26 to 30 goal scorer. It looked like a good deal at the time because Sagan hadn't come on like he was supposed to be. Uh, and Sagan broke out. You can give credit to Jamie Ben because Jamie Ben's a top 10 player. Uh, I'm not gonna get mad at the Bruins for making the trade because at the time it made total sense. Sagan's off-ice issues were well apparent and it was just like Evander Kane. Yeah, no, exactly. And you know, what I always find funny, Trev, is you know, we, there was always that hype, Taylor versus Tyler, who's going to be number one? And obviously Taylor Hall ends up going number one. And you look at Tyler Sagan's career, wins a Stanley Cup in his rookie year. You know, he's getting paid obviously a decent amount of money. Now he's off to Dallas and a really nice organization, a nice climate to live in. And then you have Taylor Hall, who hasn't even sniffed the playoffs, let alone having a decent season. Yeah. And is living in a terrible Edmonton town, which is one of the worst places to live in just because it's so cold and dry there. Brutal area. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you take a look. If you're, if you're Taylor Hall, 
Do you want to be drafted second overall in that draft? I think so. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's probably what McDavid was thinking when he found out that Edmonton had the number one overall pick. He was pissed when the TV panned to him because he, okay. was, he was banking on going to Buffalo, which I know isn't a good area, but it's closer to his home. A Buffalo or imagine, the team yeah. has potential. or imagine playing in Phoenix. How awesome that would be. Max Domi there with him. Yeah, I'm playing. And if we, if we look at Sagan and Paul's career, Sagan's leading the points 282 to 263, I believe. Paul's had his injury troubles because he's, well, very injury prone. But we need to remember, Taylor Hall, I think when healthy, is the better player than Sagan. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, yes. I, I do agree with that. I just think he's had the worst luck out of the entry draft for sure. Yeah. Because who has Hall been playing with? And no who has Sagan been playing with? Exactly. Sagan, when he was in the league, his first year, he was playing alongside a great vet, great mentor like Mark Recchi, Brad Marchand, David Krejci, Patrice Bergeron. In his first year, he only scored 11 goals. You remember how bad he was in his first year? Yeah, he was not the greatest for sure. So I think I'd still take Taylor Hall, although they're both great players. And yeah, I'm not going to harp on the Bruins for trading Sagan. Yeah. Nope, neither. Yeah, and let's not forget the reason why the Bruins had that second overall pick. It was because of that Phil Kessel trade. I mean, I mean, if, I mean, if the Bruins hadn't traded Phil Phil Kessel, Phil Kessel, Toronto would have would have gone Tyler Sagan instead. I'm, you know what? I think Brian Burke. He's an aggressive GM. He's going to make a lot of moves to elevate the franchise in a hurry. And he got Phil Kessel, and Phil Kessel produced for the most part in Toronto and Sagan and Dougie Hamilton were the outcomes of what Boston got. Dougie Hamilton's a solid defenseman. Sagan was good in Boston. Now he's great in Dallas. But I'm also not going to harp on Toronto for making the deal. They wanted to get better in a hurry and that's what they did when they made the playoffs and almost beat Boston in a seven-game series. Yeah. They truly wanted to get get back in a hurry but now now they were now they were great and sign him to that to that eight million dollar contract because they're looking to trade him and get younger yeah it's yeah it's crazy because in 2013 when they did make the playoffs this was going to be a great team moving forward with JVR and Joffrey Lupul now you can see guys like JVR and Lupul getting traded this offseason and it's a mess in Toronto no, it's an absolute shit show. Yep. Because Jonathan Bernier hasn't worked out. James Reimer. Overhyped. Remember when they thought he was going to be the starting goaltender in Sochi? Optimus Rhyme. Yeah. Like, hey, overhyped. Bro. Just their goaltending situation is a mess. Um, their organization is a mess, and it's been in a mess for the past 10 years. Yep. You think of it. The last time I remember the Toronto being good is seeing a poster on my grade one portable of Ottawa versus Toronto in the Stanley Cup Finals. That's the last time I remember Toronto being good. And you think of people younger than us, they've never seen Toronto succeed. Yeah, like, and if you watch he's relevant. And if you watch Steve Dangle videos, he makes great points. Look yeah. at the guys Toronto has traded away. Matt Stajan, Alex Steen was supposed to be the future captain of Toronto. This guy has been great for your blues tie. Uh, okay. they, they traded Victor Stahlberg way too soon. Yuri Talusti has broken out in Carolina. They, yeah, they don't have 
they just don't have enough patience with their prospects, and I guess you could say they didn't have enough patience with with uh, they didn't have enough patience when they traded for Castle. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the Leafs would have been better off not trading for Phil Kessel and just going with with Tyler Sagan and just getting Dougie Hamilton. And it's the same thing when they traded for Raycroft after he was all their <laughs> trophy winner in '04, and who they who they give up Tukarask, who you know Tukarask maybe a little bit overrated because he was on a, such a great team in Boston for the past couple of years, but Rask is still a solid goalie. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of dumb moves, and that's why the Leafs are, are such a bad team and uh, and and such a mess. No, no patience at all. They just want to. They just want to get better quick, and you can't just you can't do that. You have to be patient and and build your build your team through the draft, like like L.A. did and and Chicago did. I mean, that's why they and that's why they're so good because they built their team through the draft. Well. Toronto hasn't done that and one of the reasons why the team is such a mess. And it's also such a mess because the lack of patience stems from the lack of patience from the fans because the fans in Toronto and that market alone, it's a win now even though fans will say oh we need to rebuild, they want to win right now. It's the same with Vancouver and it's the same with Montreal. Yeah. It is. They just want to win now but you can't just we build, we build on the fly. You have to build through the draft and be patient with your prospects because if you're not, you can trade them away too early and just watch them blossom on another team. And it will look like another stupid tree on your, on your part again. Yep. And I think the, the least I'll get back on the right track of getting Brandon Shanahan and Mike Babcock, and I think the finest time to to turn the ship in in the right direction, and I don't and I don't see him being such a mess five years from now. Yeah, I think Shanahan's going to ban the whole auto, or Toronto Maple Leafs from the locker room. We're going to see that team just be a complete overhaul, a new team. Oh uh, yeah, in fifteen, twenty, sixteen for sure. Yep, I totally agree. Yeah. With Mike Babcock there, there was great hope for the future there. I mean, I'm so happy that the Leafs got him. I mean, of all the teams that that deserved him, I think they're the one that they were most deserving. I mean, it was such a mess right now. Buffalo isn't such a big mess as Toronto is, even though they, they were, I know, Mike Babcock till the very end. I think Toronto deserved him even more than Buffalo. I think... Yeah. Go ahead, Drew. Uh I was wanting to touch on Anaheim, actually, because, like, where do you go from here? Last year, second-round elimination at home in a Game 7, just got blown out by the Kings in Timo Solani's last game. And this time around, another disappointment, a 5-2 loss to the Blackhawks in Game 7 of the Conference Finals. Where do you go from here? Because Anaheim's roster was stacked. I thought they were going to win the Cup. Yeah, I thought they did. Or I thought they had a chance too. I mean, this is uh, the beginning of the season. I. Yeah, Anaheim's team stole stole like start, but I think they just got to come come back again with the same roster and hopefully do better. I mean, 
okay. Chicago team that's been to two Stanley Cup finals already. They've won two cups and uh, you know, a real dynasty, uh, to say the least, especially now that they're in another finals and look good to win another cup uh, for sure. But, I mean, you have to think that you know they have a lot of better leadership. Uh, you know they have the pieces to do it. Is Frederick Anderson able to get it done? I think he is. Because like, what's it's, the last piece they need to seal the deal and win that cup? And that's the thing. Like I don't know. You know you saw in that Tampa Rangers game seven, the Rangers were clearly gassed. McDonough was injured. Girardi and Yandel were playing double shifting kind of minutes, but. In this Ducks Blackhawks game seven, the Duck the, the Hawks had four D men. Kimo Tiemann wasn't even playing ten minutes a game. Kyle Kamiski, you kidding me? So there really is no excuse, but there's also no like large hole that the Ducks need to fill, and it's just like, what do you do? Maybe you fire Bruce Boudreaux because he hasn't had much playoff success. I don't know if you fire him. I mean, it, I mean, it's like any other coach, right? You have to get your systems in check. It still takes a little bit, you know, it's for the players to get used to it. I think you got to keep him for at least a couple years. Yeah, it's yeah, it's too bad because Getzlav and Perry. I know many won't say this, but I'd actually take Getzlav and Perry over Taves and Kane. As as weird as that sounds, that is weird. Actually, I've never heard that before ever. I I just think, I don't know. I just I I'd prefer them. If I need them in one big game, I'd take Getzlav and Perry over Taves and Kane. Even though Getzlav and Perry have. Technically, I guess choked in the big game, and Taves is pretty much clutch. Yeah, that's I mean that's captain clutch right there, especially after what he did in uh, in that conference final. And people are talking about this. Who's who? Who would you rather take, Crosby or Taves? Who would you take? I would take playoffs or regular season. You need them for one game. I would take Taves. Because like, yeah, I would take Taze because, like you said, he's captain clutch, which comes true in, in the big games. Heck, he even he almost and scored that tying goal in 2011 against the Canucks, and because of that, the Can- Canucks and that both took their penalty, and because of that goal, he, he almost helped them defeat the Canucks in Game Seven. So I think he's clutch as you can as you can get. Yeah, I'll agree. I'll key. I'll, uh, I'll take Taves uh, out of that matchup for sure. And, you know, that just has to do with playoff experience. Yeah, and for the playoff experience, I'd take Taves. I agree. In the broad view, though, Crosby, who has he played with? A guy like an old guy like Chris Kunitz, Pascal Dupuis is probably a third liner on normal teams. When you see this guy like Crosby playing the World Championships with actual stars like Everly and Hall, oh, you see hungry. how dominant he was? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And Taves has always had Kane, Sharp, and Hulsa at his disposal. You put Sidney Crosby with above-average players, because he hasn't played with above-average players in a long time. This guy is phenomenal. So I think people aren't giving Sidney Crosby enough credit. But how do you, as an organization, how do you accomplish what Chicago has done to have so many stars on one team? and be able to keep them all and stay under the cap. I mean, there's no other team like the Chicago Blackhawks right now. Yeah, it's crazy. And Chicago just hit the lottery because they decided to suck at the right time and got Taves and Kane just like that. And they've been a dynasty, although that dynasty probably will end because of their 
have problems, just like they had after they won their first cup in 2010. Yep, absolutely. They lost Bufflin, Vlad after that cup win. They'll probably lose Sharp and what have you. What can they do like what they did this year and, you know, build your team back up and return to the Stanley Cup Finals with that core? Yeah, well, they definitely have those young pieces like Saad and Taravainen. So I could definitely see it happening. I just don't know if they'll be that same force that they were this time around last season. Yeah. I kind of agree with you, Trevor. I mean, they'll be losing a lot of key guys and and they'll have to fill out bonus spots with with rookies because they'll be in salary cap hell and they won't be able to, you know, resign sign anyone because of the cap problem. So they'll have to fill a lot of those spots with rookies. Yep. And you, and even though they'll have, even though, and you, and even though you mentioned a lot, of, a lot of those players, but a guy who doesn't get enough credit is Joe Cranville for doing what he's done with the Hawks. Yeah, um, CBC has really pointed it out in these past two games. Joel Quenville putting on a put on a coaching clinic in Game One with his line shifts and what have you. Uh, he's been a really good coach. He's been successful because he's just a great bench boss. Yeah, and he doesn't really get enough credit for what for what he's done. And a lot of it goes goes to the players like Taze and Kane and Sharp and Hose and Seabrook, but he, he deserves just as much credit for for doing what he has done. Yeah. Yep. He didn't get enough credit when he coached the Blues and the, the Avalanche. Like, the Blues and Avalanche were really good and they were always playoff teams when Quenville was coaching. Yeah. And it's amazing that they would fire him and just lead and just... And he said for the Blues and Avalanche, I'm surprised that they would fire him fire such a great coach because of now what he's done in Chicago. Well, it's almost like the same way the Canucks fired Vino. There was no doubt Alan Vino is a really good coach. It was just time to move on because it didn't work. You can still be a really good coach and be fired. Uh, the Canucks didn't do what they were supposed to do and win a cup. If they won that cup in 2011, Vino would probably still be the coach. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, I agree with that. And the same goes for Claude Julian with the Bruins. He's he might be fired soon, this see, this offseason or next offseason. But he was still a great coach, got them a cup, and it was a great run in Boston. Yeah, and if he does get fired, where do you see him coaching next if he does get fired? Where do you see Buffalo. Him? He'll be gone to Buffalo. Coaching the Sabres with, with Jack Eichel and Evander Kane and Tyler Ennis? Absolutely. And Isn't Bilesman in Buffalo? Yeah, but he'll be gone. <laughs> well, he hasn't signed. Uh, has he signed? I don't think so. I thought he did, but I, I'm not a big fan of Bilesman either, yeah. I think. I think he's a terrible coach. Yeah, I still don't understand why Terrian was fired from the Penguins after they made the Cup Final yeah. in 08. And you, you mentioned a whole lot of players in Buffalo, Trevor, when, when we talked about them, but I think you missed one player that... that and that player is Cody Hodgson, the player that the Canucks traded away. And just had an awful season last season. You really see him up living to that $60 million deal that the Sabres signed him to? Uh, no, not at all. 
Um, she's supremely overrated. The foot speed has never been there. At, at best, he's going to be Nick Benino 2.0, pop 20 goals a season, but he is not worth that contract at all. And But he's very happy. Toronto native, Buffalo, close to home. Saw him in Toronto at a restaurant with his girlfriend. Uh, he's a happy guy and doesn't seem to give a shit about his on-ice play. Well, you know what? That's kind of a, a deal where Buffalo needs to beat the cap floor because they're so bad, so they yep. just throw away money because they, yep. they need to somehow get to the floor. Because Buffalo just does not attract free agents except Cody Hudson. No, and it didn't even attract Mike Babcock because it's such a terrible place to live. I've been there. It's, yeah, it's, it's brutal. brutal. Yeah. The only thing, yeah, it's... It, yeah. It's the American Edmonton. Yeah. 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 Well, it is, but there's just more closed-down auto shops and boarded-up homes. Yeah. Snowstorms, what, yeah. That's that place is a mess. Oh yeah, it's it's brutal. The only place, a real good place in Buffalo, is uh, the original Buffalo Wild Wings, where you know, <laughs> the original Buffalo Wild Wing, uh, you know, where it was born. And it is an amazing place to eat. And if you're ever in Buffalo, I recommend going there and staying there uh, for the duration of your trip. Hmm. <laughs> or just go up to Niagara Falls, Canada, and see an actual decent place. You know what? Niagara Falls, the falls itself is amazing, but those casinos and hotels, are you kidding me? Looks you like know, a freaking dumped. It's a lot better than the American side of Niagara Falls, so oh, uh, I am saying that. <laughs> Niagara Falls is still not the greatest place to live. If you want to go somewhere, go to Mississauga since you're that close. Yep. Yeah. And you're right. Buff, buff, you said Buffalo. It's a horrible place to live in, but as but then again, you say Toronto's bad to play in, but I don't think it's bad to play in to play in as Buffalo because at least Toronto you have a nicer place to live in than Buffalo. Yeah, a nicer place. Uh, you know, more people, uh, more traffic for sure. Jay's uh, Nation. <laughs> yeah, Jay's Nation. Yeah, that's a that's a huge problem because you know all the hype with the Jays and how well they're playing. You know, next World Series winners, I think, in my mind. You know, the Jays, in my opinion, are a dynasty. I think they're going to win the World Series this year and next year. Yeah. No, touch, I can touch them all. Chris Calabello. Yeah, you know, once Strohshow comes back next year, I think it, you know it's going to be a easy hundred win season. I think Alex Anthopoulos is an amazing GM. I'm being serious here. This guy got rid of Vernon Wells' terrible contract, which was just. I can't believe he got rid of that contract. He signed Jose Bautista to an amazing contract of $12 million a year, which is nothing for an MLB superstar. Nope. The Josh Donaldson trade. Okay, Josh Donaldson is this year's AL MVP. Bringer of rain. This guy is a lightning rod. And he got rid of a very injury-prone, you know, Canada love story, but, you, I mean, you needed to get uh, rid of Brett Laurie, who it the other day. Yeah, uh, and I hope that woman is doing okay. She's recovering in the Boston hospital. Yep, it serious just, condition. It, like, but, if you saw that video on Deadspin, that was disturbing, because you could hear her screaming, and then she I, goes silent. Uh, like, that was scary. I did not watch it for uh, specific reasons. Also, I haven't really had the time to watch it. I probably and will that's, watch it. That's the issue with the MLB, though, and their in-park safety, because... 
Um, there's been a ton of near-death experiences. I know a couple years back, Josh Hamilton threw a ball to a fan who fell over the railing and got killed. Yep. His son was right there and saw his dad die. So it's And the MLB needs to do something about it because apparently the owners don't want a net around the backstop. Like, the fans need to be safe at games. And I sit in the upper bowl, the upper section at games, because I don't want to be near the dugout. Like, I don't. I want to be on my phone at some point at the game. I don't want to be having to pay attention like my life's on the line. Yeah, you know, even the, in Ottawa, you know, we have the, the Ottawa champions. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, you know, the Ottawa champions. In the Can-Am League. And, you know, you know Travis, I'm just going to just, before you go on a rant here, I know how you feel about the champions. But, um, you know, I, I sit in the upper deck as well, 10,000-seat stadium. Uh, you know, nice nice place down there, the RCGT Park. It, it, uh, in, you see that park? That's a beautiful park. It's it's a it's a beautiful park. It is. Those blue seats. Home of the Ottawa Lakes AAA Club, yeah, affiliated with the Montreal Expos. You can find a guy named Mike Nellis there. It's a good kid. Yeah, he is a good kid. You know, hard worker up there in the, in the press box. You know, he's he's really taking this champion's job uh, you know, to, to heart. I think. I'm seeing these dollar dog days. I'm probably gonna fly down for one of those games. You know what, Trev? If you do, you know, I'll I'll be there. Yep, and like I'm seeing like Andy Werner, the former MLB pitcher who lasted one game, one or two games. You know, this guy, this guy's a Cy Young of the Can-Am League. I tell you, he is. He, he you know what? I think he's going to leave this five and ten Ottawa Champions team to glory. You know, they're on an eight game losing streak. It's a little tough. I think it's nine games now. They'll be fine. But you know, yeah, they're okay. You know, they're they're, they're okay. due for a, a winning streak, just like the Blue Jays. Yep, and Trev, you know what? If you sit in the upper deck behind home plate, you'll catch eight foul balls. It's a beautiful park. It's a beautiful league. And so is the Northwest League. The Vancouver Canadian season starts in 19 days. I'll be covering them. You know what, Trev? I'm excited. Yeah, minor league ball, man. Love it. Well, I'll fly down and watch their game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Then we'll fly back, you know, go to Vegas on the way. You know, I'm loving. You know what? Las Vegas in NHL. What do you think about that? Yeah, there's a good topic. You know, right? how about this trip? How about this trip? Going down to Vegas, Sin City, you know, a little gambling here and there, you know, a little UFC 189, McGregor, although, you know, a little little Las Vegas. What would, what would their team name be? The Las Vegas Aces. Aces versus Sens, you know. That's good stuff, man. I think it's good stuff. You know, I think, uh, you know, you take a look at expansion in the NHL, I think you just got to get rid of Florida. Just, you know, throw them up to Quebec City. Oh, yeah. Then you get two expansion teams. You get Seattle, and you get Las Vegas. Las Vegas will last five years, and then they'll get moved to somewhere else in Canada. Yep. Also, I can see Surrey BC holding a NHL team. Bold prediction. 10 or 15 years from now, there will be an NHL team in Kansas City. The Kansas City Scouts. Just, just wait. You know what? I'm going to mark that down, and... We'll, we'll take a look at that in 20 years, Trev. Yep. Mark it down right now. But, like, I'm so for the NHL in Las Vegas. It'd be great marketing. They'd have season ticket holders, and it'd be it'd be great. A ton of bandwagoners, just like the Kings have, but it would work. The players would have a good time. Oh, man. That, that would be a mess. Patty Kane. Imagine Evander Kane down there. Oh, he, he would demand a trade right away. He'd be gone as Las Vegas to party it up. Yeah, but... Jared Stoll would love it down there. What? 
speaking of a team in Las Vegas, I just want to know why I think they would go to Las Vegas first and not add another and and not go to Canada again and recreate the Quebec Nordiques. Because uh, Las Vegas has an arena. Seattle doesn't yet. Well, Seattle's planning on making arenas. It'll be either Seattle or Las Vegas because we can talk about Hamilton getting a team, another team in Toronto. That won't happen. Uh, NHL, it just works better in America. Sorry, it just does. And Batman wants it to be in America. Yeah, it's Gary Batman. He's the final decision. It's going to go to Las Vegas because Gary Batman hates Canada. And I think everyone knows that. Yep. Yeah. Even though the even, yeah. You're right. Gary Batman does hate Canada. And he would put it, wants to put as many American teams as he can, and in, in America, this will be the twenty fourth team, if I'm correct, in in the U.S. And and if there's a team, which players do you think they'll which which players do you think they'll they'll have and who do you think they'll be their head coach for well, this team are we talking an expansion team or a team moving because I can see Florida just moving yeah I can see be Lou in Las Vegas and he's a high stakes poker player I'm pretty sure so he you know what works out. he's very good on sportsnet's pokerstars.net NHL celebrity poker tour man like I suck at poker but if I was ever playing poker I'd have those shades on yeah just so you don't, you know, you, they can, the opponents can't read you, you know? Yep. You know. Maybe if they go to Las Vegas, they'll learn to get a poker face and, you know, <laughs> you know they're on the ice and other teams can't tell what to Tinted visors. All tinted visors. <laughs> so tinted visors. Mark Stahl edition. Yeah, but what I, what I was talking about is an expansion team because they'll expand to Las Vegas. That's what I mean by... Not oh okay so I'm not even sure how it would work. There'd be like a some kind of supplementary draft. Yeah, we'd see we'd see Danny Heatley in, on that team. We'd yeah, see Jonathan Chichu. Yeah, Chichu would be on the team. Garnet X will be. Uh, I you know what I could really see Angel Esposito coming back from Italy second division and being on. Stefan Della Rivera. Yep, Della Rivera would be on the team for sure. Uh, Patrice Cormier. Oh Cormier, good night. <laughs> I remember that hit. Yeah, you know what? I have no clue where this podcast is heading, but shout out to King James last night. This guy's a king. You know that, right? This guy is a King uh, James, uh, great player. No. I hated him when he left for Miami, but you know, I just appreciated the fact that this guy is a top five player of all time in the NBA, and he deserves respect. Something the refs didn't give him last night. You know what? I think it's all about Chef Curry. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag dub nation, <laughs> state. You know, I know I've never really watched basketball. Um, but you're, you're an NBA historian, Ty. But you know, I am an, an NBA historian, and you know, I think that you know Chef Curry. You know, I almost bought his jersey last year um, because it was on sale for thirty bucks. I think uh, I'm going to invest in LeBron jersey from 07. I'm a big King James fan now. This guy is a king. He deserves respect. And the coronation has just begun. The frozen one has turned into the chosen one. I think he's overrated. I he's think this guy is a revolution. Where is his he's MVP? Physical freak. He's 6'9", 250. He can't help it. Has his MVP. Chef Curry has his MVP. Yeah. The only reason Chef Curry has the MVP is because James Harden is... Ugly. I don't know. 
James Harden, Harden, I don't know. James Harden sort of deserved it, but LeBron took about two weeks off in the middle of the season to go back to Miami to rest. If LeBron really wanted that MVP, he could have had it. But right now, he wants that. He wants another Finals trophy. He wants the Larry O'Brien trophy because he's two and three in the Finals right now, looking to go back to 500. I yeah, guarantee this: LeBron is going to win at least one more MVP, which will tie Michael Jordan for five MVPs, and he'll win at least three Finals championships. Uh, Jordan has six, but I think LeBron will be fine with five. LeBron is already a top five player, as I said. He's only 30 years of age. This guy could be a, the best player in the NBA down the yeah, road. I think, uh, you know, I'm going to take a shout-out to former Ottawa Mayor Larry O'Brien, who that trophy is also named after. Um, shout-out to Tim Tierney. <laughs> that's right. Great uh, counselor in, in Ottawa. Um but uh, you know, I think uh, I think Stephen Curry's got what it uh, what it takes to win that title, and I think it's going to be Golden State in five. That's right, you heard it. They'll sweep in or in back in Cleveland, and then win it back at home in Golden. I think Cleveland State. wins both Game Three and Game Four. We go back to Golden State. Chef Curry puts on a show. Sorry, buddy. Cleveland ends it in six. I said it before the series even began. Cavs in six. The Cavs' first ever championship. Feel good story for the city of Cleveland, which is no. another mess of a city. It's just yeah. you being there. Brutal. I think, I think Johnny Money Manziel needs to win the first championship in Cleveland in a long time. Did you hear about Johnny Money Manziel? He was at a golf tournament the other the other week, and he uh, threw a water bottle at a fan who wanted an autograph. Good. Johnny Money Manziel is a mess. That guy is a mess. I fucking hate him. Uh, came from a rich family. Uh, Never, you know, had some talent, of course, because he, I, I don't know, not a fan at all. He's greedy, he's arrogant, he's a douchebag. Johnny Douchebag. I think he's a typical football player. Uh, being a football player myself. Oh, yeah. No, you were almost drafted by the CFL. I was. Uh, yeah. You know, I, had, I had the Lions taking you in the seventh round. Too bad, but. Uh, yeah, you know, it really was too bad, you know. It's always the Arena Football League. What? Or the XFL, Vince McMahon edition. Yep, and I'm I'm fired up for the NFL season. You know, the Colts are apparently favored to win the AFC, which is I think they're favored to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, we know how bad the shit hawks are. Seattle's <laughs> Hawks are a brutal team. Uh, Russell brutal Wilson is overrated. So is Marshawn Lynch, and so is the whole entire roster. Which, you know, I'm glad the Patriots won last. You know what, Trev? You know what I was thinking because this whole the Flakey thing with the the uh, New England Patriots. Why don't they just strip the New England Patriots of the title and give it to the Indianapolis Colts? Obviously, we deserved it. We got screwed over in that championship game, or we replayed the Super Bowl. You know what, Ty? I disagree. You know why? Because I'm a psycho Tom fan. Tom Brady is a psychopath, <laughs> um, but he's fucking awesome. He's unreal. Um. I, I can't say enough about the guy. He's a great quarterback, probably the best quarterback of all time. I put him ahead of Montana now. I don't care if he cheated a little bit. If you're not cheating, you ain't trying. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. That's you know, that's a very good point right there. Look at uh, Nicholas Backstrom uh, in the Sochi Olympics, you know, taking those illegal uh, illegal drugs. Yep. Those allergy pills uh, really enhanced his game. So. Yeah, and before and I'm not, okay, I'm not going to condone Alex Rodriguez and all those guys taking PEDs, but you have to appreciate the fact that Alex Rodriguez is still producing 
better than Jared Jeter did at age 40. Like, Alex Rodriguez's swing, that has nothing to do with steroids. No, he's definitely, you know what, I, I hated on A-Rod last year, but uh, this year he's kind of proven that, you know, he he's a very good baseball player, and he can hit that ball, and the numbers he's putting up are really remarkable, I think. Yeah, he's an idiot for taking steroids and lying, but I still somehow find myself cheering for him, you know? Uh, he, I mean, I don't, um, just because it's the Yankees, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, at heart. I mean, you know, you, you feel good for the guy. Yeah, you know, the same way you feel good for Josh Hamilton, you know? Um, yeah. He's absolutely. battled his demons with cocaine use and what have you, but... Uh, yeah. You know, I think that's... His comeback. You, you take a look at Josh Hamilton, I think you can really relate him to uh, to Stoll, you know? I mean, you know, I think <laughs> we're going to see Stoll in a couple of years just be unbelievable back in L.A. Uh, you know what? I think Jared Stoll... I think fame has gotten to him. It's too bad because he was so good on that 2006 Edmonton Oilers roster, which we'll touch on, we'll touch on next episode when Mike Nellis joins us. Wow. Uh, yeah, Mike Nellis is joining us next episode. It's confirmed. But uh, I think Jared Stoll, fame got to him once he got to L.A. He got – he's out of his mind now. I feel bad for the guy at the same time, but uh, that's what happens when you play in L.A. Yeah, and, and there's another player I'd like to talk about before we end this podcast, and that is player Nathan Horton, who is oh. now... Pl- who's Boom! Who's that? Who's Nathan Horton? Hardy Ha. He was the player... <laughs> he was the player that Aaron Rome checked and got suspended for, which, which ultimately could have cost the Canucks the cup because they were so low on defense when he got suspended. Yeah, no, I was just kidding. Uh, I think Nathan Horton, apparently he says he's ready to go for next season. I don't think but so. But he'll be injured in game one. Yep, you know what? He, 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 the only player to score a goal, even though he didn't play in the game, um, also during that Rich Peverly incident in oh. Dallas. Um, but, uh, you know, he's just a guy that I think uh, was overrated from the beginning. Uh, I've never really liked Nathan Horton. I think he's uh, not a great player in general. Um, kudos to the Maple Leafs, though, for getting rid of Clarkson's contract for him because he's yeah. never going to play again. That was, that was what I've noticed his only good deals. It was his only good deal. Well, actually, maybe JVR. The JVR Shen trade, yeah. that was great. Yeah, actually, I, re- I really, really, really like JVR. Yeah, me too. I think JVR was great in Philly. He just never got his chance because he's always playing on the fourth line. Yep, I almost bought a JVR uh, Philly jersey the other day. <laughs> Man, J- I-, I loved Philly back in the day with Pronger. Remember that cup run where they came back in 3-0 against Boston? Yep, with uh, 18 goalies in their roster. And it's too bad about Mark Savard, because eh? that guy was like right up there with Joe Thornton as one of the best pass-first guys in the league. He was an amazing player. Amazing player. And you know what? It's too bad that you know you have people that don't respect the elder players in the game and, you know, go for the hits to the head when they're obviously not necessary. Um, and you have a guy like Mark Savard who, you know, could have had a storied career, even though he technically he isn't retired. Technically he's still playing. Um, but obviously we all know that that concussion has really done him in. Yep. Well, I think it's time to turn this episode off because it's been going on for quite a while and you said we have a new 
another guest coming in the next episode. Yep, Mike Nellis. Uh, he's Champions Comms guy, uh, great guy, uh, good kid. Yeah, great friend of mine as well. You know, Mike living in Ottawa, and uh, you know, I think he's going to add uh, some interesting aspects to your next podcast. Yeah, great having you on the podcast, Ty. Can't wait to see you next episode. Hey, thanks, hey. You know hey what? Ty's now a regular on the podcast. Uh, he's going to be a weekly guest. Uh, yep, I'll be here. Yep. Thanks for having me, you guys. Really yep. appreciate it. Thanks for having okay. us. All right. Yeah. Oh, two guys. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. See you next week.